You are listening to Pursuing Justice. I'm Harriet Hendel. For the last three podcasts, our theme was re-entry, specifically focused on women coming out of prison. We've met Susan Burton, champion of rights for women coming back into society, a CNN hero and author of Becoming Ms. Burton. We also met her daughter, Antoinette, who survived the loss of her mother over 16 years while Susan was incarcerated. Today, our guest is Tony Willis from Philadelphia, founder of Ardella's House, which opened in 2010. It's a safe place for women returning to society after prison. Tony worked for American Airlines for 30 years, and she calls herself a change maker. We welcome Tony to the program. Hi, Tony. Hi, Harriet. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, my pleasure, too. Let's go back to the years prior to 2010. What was your motivation for opening Ardella's house and why? Well, being impacted at one time by the criminal justice system and working with a friend of mine who had just came home from doing 10 years and seeing the challenges that he went through. And he said, I think this might be your calling to do this type of work. And I said, you think so? So I did more research on women and women have always been the fastest growing population of mass incarceration. And when people have conversations about mass incarceration, they never talk about women. So doing my research, finding out that housing was a major part of what women needed when they came home, because I always say men could look up whoever they might have been dating or talking to before their incarceration and asked to come there and stay. But a high percentage of women are mothers. And sometimes they have to be mommy right at that front door when they're being released from prison. So housing was a major role that women I felt needed when they came home, because you can't secure anything else in life if you don't have a proper place to lay your head at night. That's right. Yeah, If you don't have an address, what do you have? Where, where are you going? Yeah, it really Nothing. is a tremendous issue for, for women coming out. How difficult was it to promote this idea that you had of opening a home for women? Well, Harriet, I always believe if you put it out there in the universe, it's going to come back to you eventually. I talked about Ardella's house so much. And you know, Ardella is my mother who passed away. That was a perfect name to name the house. At first, I was thinking of something therapeutic. And the same person that I helped when he came home, he says, you're going to name your program after your mother because nobody was more caring and loving than your mother. But I talked about Ardella's house so much that people actually thought I already had a house because I talked about it so much. (laughs) So when I finally found a house, it was a five bedroom house. And to me, it was important for every woman to have her own room. So I needed a nice size house. And I brought the house, but I had the house for years. I'm just trying to raise money to rehab the house, to bring the house where I could move women into the house. And and it was a struggle. It it was a big struggle dealing with contractors, taking your money, not doing what they're supposed to do and repaying other people to come and correct what they 
didn't do. So it's been a labor of love trying to get this house the way it is and the, and the way it looked. And it was important for this house to look a certain way, it, you know, bright and airy, a lot of light coming in. Because I visit some programs that the walls were gray and dark that I always said if I had a drug problem, I might get high before I went into these houses because they were so dark and dingy looking to me. So it was important for this house to look a certain way. But where in the world did you raise the money from to do all this upgrading that you're talking about? Well, we had fundraisers, you know, grant money and stuff, but the blessings from Susan Burton and A New Way of Life. When I started doing this work, I was Googling uh, a lot of different programs to see who else was doing the work that I wanted to do. And the person that was doing the work was A New Way of Life and Miss Burton. And, you know, I kept saying, how am I going to meet her? I need to go to L.A. and find her and find her. But one day, Miss Burton comes walking through the airport. No one knew who she was. I knew who she was because I've Googled and watched everything she had been doing for years. So I knew who she was when I saw her. So matter of fact, I chased her down (laughs) and introduced Mm -hmm. myself and told her what it was that I wanted to do. And she told me to go on their website and apply for their training. You know, Miss Burton has a training once a year that's open to anybody to come to learn how to run a house properly. So maybe a, a year later, I ran into her again here in Philly and she remembered me and she said, I thought I told you to, to come to the training. I said, oh, Lord, let me pull up the website again. And I went to the training and we were blessed. It might have been. 60 organizations there, but out of the 60, she picked nine or 10 organizations to fund. And we were blessed to be one of the organizations that Miss Burton funded through a new way of life and a safe housing network. So we are a part of the safe housing network and Miss Burton gave us the bulk of the money to rehab the house and finish the house up. Now, tell me what is that network? Can you just give us some information that you just mentioned. It's a sisterhood like no other sisterhood. You know, if you're blessed to be a part of the Safe Housing Network, it's ongoing support to be a part of it. We have monthly calls anywhere from making sure that you have your strategic plan together or making sure that your board is correct. It's an open door of any questions you need to ask or if you don't know they will definitely have the answer for you. So like I said, it's a sisterhood and support that I've never seen before, and I'm blessed to be a part of it. Is it nationwide, uh, Tony? It's nationwide. It's all across the world. It's three houses, I believe, in Africa right now. So it's not oh just goodness. in United States. So Remarkable. She she is remarkable. She's remarkable. What she's, I joke I joke and I tell people she's my Beyonce. You know, everybody yeah. gets excited about Beyonce. I don't get excited <laughs> about Beyonce, but I get excited about Miss Burton. She's my Beyonce. I understand. She's uh, she's really done so very very much. Uh, I wanted just to inform my listeners a couple of, of facts in Pennsylvania alone, and that's of course where you are. I'm I'm in New Jersey not too far away, 64% of incarcerated people 
returned to prison within three years of release. And the other fact is every day, 200 women leave prison with nowhere to go. I wonder if that number is even higher. What, what do you think? I'm sure it's probably much higher than the numbers that you read off. And, you know, a lot of women can't be released from prison because they can't get a home plan. A lot of times they don't want to go back or they can't go back to where they were before the incarceration. Maybe that environment might have led to their incarceration or they might have burnt down too many bridges Mm -hmm. with whoever they were living with and they don't want them back. So that's why it's important for us to give them a place to live, a place to call home, and to be able to give them wraparound services so they can be back in the community doing the things that they need to do to build their lives and get their families back together or their children back from whoever has them, whether their children are in the system or with a family member. So the work that we do is very important. And sometimes I do get a little tired And then someone calls me or writes a letter or there's times I've been walking down in Center City and I hear someone call my name and I turn Mm -hmm. around and someone tells me that if it wasn't for Ardella's house, they don't know where they would be today. A question for you. How do you even find the women who need you or is it the other way around? They find you. Well, they find us. We work very close with the prison. And we work very close with um, parole and probation. A lot of times they come to us and say they would like to recommend someone to come to our Della's house or by us going into the prison. We have classes inside also and just them knowing about the work that we do. I see. I see. And do you ultimately have to turn some women away because you don't have the space? And what happens to those women if you have to say no. We do have to turn women down. Women can stay at Ardella's house for a year. If they're not ready to move out within a year, then we realize that we need to work a little harder with them. But there are um, letters that we get every day, women needing a place to come to. And it's sad that we have to turn down so many people because we don't have the room for them, the capacity to um, bring them into the house. That's why we're trying to find um, another house as we speak, so we can expand the housing for Adela's house. So right now, are you at capacity and how many women uh, are living there right now? Right now, we are at capacity. We have a five-bedroom house and we have five women living in the house. I see. And they stay for a year. And is there like a wait list knowing someone's going to leave and then you bring someone in? There is. Well, when we get calls, we let them know that we are full to capacity. And we try to let them know that maybe in a couple of months or we even try to find them another place to go to. I was going to ask you that. If you have to say no, what do you tell a woman You know, we try to tell them other resources that are out here for them as far as living. We just hate to tell everybody, no, we don't, you know, we don't have a place. And especially women that can be released, but can't be released because they have no place to go. Right. So what is available in the state of Pennsylvania for women who you just can't take in at a particular time? Well, a lot of times women are sent to shelters. 
if, if they have no home plan or no place to go. So we always try to find if there's ever um, a decent shelter, you know, or a clean shelter, we try to direct them to, or we'll try to find some other type of housing for them. Have you ever visited some of those shelters in your particular area? Oh, definitely. We visit a few of the shelters in the area. We used to work with a few of the shelters around the holidays with the kids, you know, to make sure the kids had something for Christmas. So, yes. Right. And what are, what are they like? How many women can they take? And I, I'm sure there are just shelters for women, shelters for men. Right. right. And then there's shelters for families also. Oh, so are there? I'm trying to think uh, right offhand how many they can house. Quite a few. I can't tell you the exact number, but quite okay. a few. All right. Yeah, because I'm sure there are women who fall through the cracks. And, yes. you know, yes. that's very, very sad because, you know, ultimately they're going to head back into prison again. And that's certainly not what anybody would want. What exactly are your goals for the women that you take in? To be productive, to be productive. You know, it's important to expose women to certain things in life that they might not have been exposed to because of their upbringing and stuff like that. But just to make sure if you want to go back to school, because we have had a success rate of women going back to school or taking a trade. We just want them to be able to stand on their own and to be able to support themselves and their family. And how are women um, helped to find employment when they're with you? How does that work? Oh, we have someone that helps them with employment that has connections with different companies, whether it's a supermarket, whether it's a store, whether it's healthcare. So we have someone, a job person that helps them find employment. And who else is on your staff? You you have you just mentioned like an employment counselor, but yeah. who else? We have helps? a family therapist. We have a family oh, therapist on our staff, yes. Because the trauma of being incarcerated is never dealt with properly. So when the women come home, we make sure that they get the counseling that they need. Reunification is so important. Building those bridges back with family members and children once they come home. So we have social workers, we have therapists, and we have uh, job readiness uh, a person that works with them, making sure that their resumes together, what to put on the resume, how to go into an interview, how to talk to a person when they're interviewing you. So we do all that there at Ardella's house. And I would also think that uh, they need the proper clothing for an interview. And I'm sure they don't have it. Where, where Where does that come from? Well, we're blessed to get a lot of donations or either we'll send the women over to Career Wardrobe here in Philadelphia for them to get something to wear. Oh, that's great. Can you share some success stories that you've had over the years Ardella's house has been open? We have quite a few success stories. So success to me, when the women move out, get their own place, have a steady job, have a car. (laughs) You know, we have a young lady named Maria who has her own place car and she's in school. She never thought that she would ever go back to school and she's in school. So we have quite a few women who have even grown in their employment where they are now supervisors, wherever they're working at. So we have quite a few great success stories. And one thing about us, they can always come back for counseling. We never close the door. They always come back. 
I have an open door policy. I have women that didn't live at Ardella's house because like I said, we, we go into the prison also with classes. I have women that still call me from three years ago to ask me questions about certain things or a call I got the other day one of the young ladies was having an issue at work and I'm just telling her, just make sure you have a paper trail with your emails, email this person, blind copy that person. It's important to have a paper trail, you know, when you're doing the type of work that you're doing. So we're always there for them. That's always. Now, many of these women, we know there's a very high percentage of women who are in prison and so many are mothers Children can't come and stay at Ardella's house. Is that correct? Or no, incorrect? children can't come and stay. But it's interesting that you would ask that question because we are trying to do a diversion program for women where they can come and stay with their children. And this is women that have nonviolent offenses. So to keep the children together, you know, I'm real big about family and not breaking families up. So if we get this program up and running, we're trying to do a pilot program with maybe four families, four women and and their children and house them and give the women the tools they need to succeed and to keep them from being incarcerated. Because sometimes I have to ask women, what was missing in your life if you would have had it that might've kept you from being incarcerated? And a lot of times it's education or poverty, you know, just making sure they have a job that they can support themselves and stand on their own. Right, right. Do you do anything with parenting classes to help them maybe? Oh, definitely. Parenting is a part of our reunification uh, with the family. So parenting classes is a part of that. That's great. I learned about you. I teach classes locally about the criminal justice system. And one of my adult students brought me the uh, Philadelphia Inquirer and a beautiful article about you. Can you tell our listeners why you were, why you made the paper? (laughs) It wasn't because I'm cute. It wasn't because I'm cute. It was a great story. Why, thank you. We were blessed um, by Google. And what the real blessing about it was that we didn't ever even apply for the funding because, as you know, you see, being a nonprofit, you're constantly chasing after money to keep the doors open. And our name was mentioned to Google hmm. about receiving this funding. So we received a check for $150,000, and that check would go towards buying another property because they told us that we could do whatever we wanted to do with the funding. So the funding will go towards another property and and hopefully one that doesn't need as much work as the property we have now, you know. Oh, that's incredible. Who in the world do you have any idea who mentioned your name to Google? Yes, I do. I don't know if I should tell, but yes, I do. Well, you don't have to. <laughs> well, that's nice. You you owe them a, a big thank you, whoever that was, right? Oh, that's, yes, yes, that's great. yes. Are you still, I mean, it sounds like a lot of money, but to buy a home, it's really not, you know, a, a huge amount, especially if the home needs renovation. Right. So you're constantly looking for funding, right? Constantly looking for funding. That's probably the story of every nonprofit in the country, right? Yes, it is. And it's a lot of work, always wondering if you're going to get enough funding to do 
what you need to do to keep your doors open. Right. Now, I, I always, when I have a um, person on that has a nonprofit or either founded it or is director, I always like to tell my listeners how they can contribute if they wish to. So you do have a website. And what, what is that? Our website is Ardellis House, which is our name, which is A-R-D-E-L-L-A apostrophe S House. They can go on our page and they can donate off of our website. Okay. That's, that's great. And since you've opened your doors, do you have any idea how many women you have helped through Ardellis House? Even before our doors were open, we usually help at least 400 women, sometimes more a year, whether it's just clothing, whether it's food, whether it's them coming to us just for a septic key card because they found a job or they need to go to an interview. So about 400 women or more a year we help, we touch a some type year. of way. Yeah. That's incredible when you go back to yeah. how long you've been open. That's yes. a lot of women. That is really quite remarkable. Yes. That's what a wonderful thing you're doing. I'm sure it gives you a great deal of inner yeah. satisfaction. Yeah. Oh, and we're always looking for volunteers. If anybody wants to volunteer, we always look for volunteers. Yes. So they could get in touch with you via the website, the, right? Website. Yes. They can right. send a message to us through the website. And, and volunteers, what might they be doing as a volunteer? Somebody might want to come and help the women with resume. Somebody might want to come help us sort through the clothes that are donated to us. Someone's always donating books. We have a bag called the Dignity Bag. So we're always putting toiletries and stuff, you know, in bags to give women when they come home to give them dignity. And we also, I, I, I should say that we also at our Dallas House work on legislation. We have House Bill 900 that is getting ready to be ran in the Senate, which tells you to stop shackling women during labor because mm -hmm. they still shackle women during labor, to not shackle women when they're going to court because they're pregnant and they're shackled and they're cuffed. You know, it's easy for them to trip and fall to make sure women are getting unlimited feminine hygiene products. A woman shouldn't have to choose between buying feminine hygiene products or having enough money to call home to check on their kids, right. making sure women are having trauma care while they're incarcerated. So it's House Bill 900. Call your state mm -hmm. rep, your senator, whoever is going to play a major part in getting this bill passed. Tell them it's important for this bill to pass is House Bill 900. Thank it's the you. Dignity Bill. That's great. Well, your reach is quite remarkable. It, it isn't just housing. That's You've made that very, very clear. So if anyone would like to volunteer who lives locally in the Philadelphia area, Tony is saying, please reach out to her. Well, thank you so much for your time today and your wonderful story of success at Ardella's house. I, I hope lots of people are listening and I also want to thank the Innocence Project of Florida that uh, sponsors this podcast each time. And the pod cabin, Jordan, uh, my, my new producer. I wanted to tell our listeners, I usually do this. The next, my next podcast is going to be author Philip Hubbard. 
He's written a book about two cases of wrongful conviction in the state of Florida, going all the way back to 1963. His book is called From Death Row to Freedom. Please join me next time on Pursuing Justice. And once again, thank you, Tony, for your time. No, thank you.